Okay, yeah, we're good. Oh, um, hello everyone. Just started recording it away. Uh, welcome to Only Football. <laughs> um, we are Guy. How you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks, Max. Right on. Um, Merry Christmas, you know, Murph, Rom, Steph, uh, Yop. Um, I know I'm going to be Dan forgetting Lennington. Dan Lennington. I know I'm going to be forgetting a couple as well. Um, but we are without Michael. He had his, uh, I thought he was actually just, you know, he pushed back his Christmas shopping too late, but he, he actually had his, his girlfriend's family Christmas dinners pushed back to today, which was kind of annoying because we scheduled the Wednesday yeah, <laughs> to avoid to, that for the 24th. Um, yes. But I think uh, with all these upcoming uh, lockdown measures, um, uh, they, they pushed it back because things are coming up here. I'm not too clear on them, but uh yeah, so that's what's happened there. We're going to miss Mike. But Merry Christmas, y'all. We have a Christmas transfer special. So, I mean, you know, it's basically presents to be opened for fans in clubs in January. A little post-Christmas kind of thing. So we'll be doing our usual fantasy picks, review and preview for the PL. And then we're going to do – we're going to cover the – top eight teams in the PL and focus in on a position that we guy and I each think that these, these teams might uh, need to strengthen to make a little title push or, you know, secure a European spot, for example. So uh, guy, let's kick it off fantasy. We have two rounds of fixtures coming up. The games are insane. Like the, the fixture list is nuts starting on boxing day. Uh, We were just talking about how the teams that six of the teams that are playing on Saturday um, we'll be playing again on Monday. Two matches in three days is really unheard of, and it's it's not right. Yeah, it's it's bonkers, really. They've just gone mad with the with the TV schedules this this year, especially. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that they have to cram in matches, um, but there are better ways around this for sure. You know, it's obviously for, or or it's it's there to make the money for the PL and for the yeah. the. Uh, the, the TV companies. I mean, you just, you made a good point before we got on saying that they should have just had everyone play on boxing day, take Sunday, Monday off, and then kick it off. You could have done midweek, Tuesday, Thursday, um, and, and done it like that. But instead they're playing every day. There's, there are matches every day. And to me, it makes no sense because I know it's different in, in Canada and, and most countries where there's just one broadcaster, but in England where the broadcast revenue is the biggest, um, it's coming from um, there's like there's two main broadcasters plus like Amazon who shows some games mm-hmm. plus the BBC who will show the occasional game. So that let's say there's three broadcasters. You know, you just have like you know half on you know half on one, half on the other, and then you know the occasional game on on Amazon or the BBC or whatever. And they're not missing, so they're not missing out on much really. No. No, but, you know, every penny counts for these guys, especially yeah. Jeff Bezos, yeah. fucking legend. Yeah, it really does. Fuck dick. Um, all right, so let's start off with the FPL. We got two rounds of fixtures to pick from. For the weekend, uh, Guy, who is your captain and your savvy pick? So my captain is from the first game of the of Boxing Day, uh, is uh, Leicester against United. I'm gone with Jamie Vardy um, this time because I think... He's, he just scored, he's scoring plenty of goals at the moment. He looks as sharp as ever. Um, and I, I just fancy him against a fairly 
sluggish uh, Man United defense. Yeah, those two um, center backs are exactly that. It was nice to see in yeah, the AFL Cup uh, today by lineup beside uh, Maguire and yeah, and you yeah. and you saw it was on offer in terms of you know him being paired with a speedy center back. Yeah, yeah, it just you know because Maguire's not not a bad defender. He's a he's a relatively good defender. He's not an eighty million pound defender. No, I, I he think he just needs someone next to him that complements him. Same you know? same goes for Lindelof. You know they're just a bad yeah. pairing. Lindelof's yeah. honestly Lindelof yeah. they've been bad together, but Lindelof's been. To me, I'll, I'll give him the edge in terms of performances this year. I think Maguire's been at fault a little bit more and hasn't taken the responsibility um, in yeah. based on his stature. Um, but yeah, um, I, again, you know, we've discussed this plenty in terms of Solskjaer always reverting back to those two. Um, but yeah, Jamie yeah. Vardy, okay. Uh, we'll be previewing that match, so we'll have more to discuss on that. And your savvy pick? And my savvy pick is Ollie Watkins mm. um, because... They were playing Crystal Palace, who we'll discuss in a minute, um, and how they played in the last game. Um, but additionally, Watkins has looked very sharp in the last couple of games, and he's had been very unlucky not to have scored. You know, he had he missed the penalty. Um, he's had a couple of goals ruled out for, for offside, marginal offside calls of VAR. So he's been getting in nearly the right positions, um, and he's been putting the ball in the back of the net. The goals haven't been coming for him, but I think. Against Crystal Palace, he's going to get one or at least or possibly two goals. Okay, yeah, he's on penalties as well. And, you know, I mean, he seems to be the big game he's player. Not, he's, he's off penalties. He's yeah. off penalties now. Oh, that's true. That yeah, one. that's right. That's right. Pardon me. Um, okay, so for myself for the weekend, I have Jack Grealish captain. I'm, I'm sticking with that match. Um, Grealish has just been topping the charts, like the offensive charts, you know, winning the ball back in the offensive third, uh, chances created for the whole league. Um yeah, he's, he's everywhere. He's yeah. So yeah, he has. And uh, if he's 12th in scoring, you know, he's not a striker either, but he's just always involved. He, he provides plenty as well. He is the engine for that team. There's no question about it. And, yes, we will get back to Palace uh, in a minute. And then my savvy pick is Liz Mousset. Um, oh. <laughs> I, 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 I like him. You know, I – I, I think he's he's done a good job at Sheffield. He's he's coming back from injury, and they've been obviously struggling very much. But, uh, for example, in that United match when he came on, um, he was causing problems. He almost tied the game up, and they haven't been scoring. And I think now the Wild has got to bring him back into the starting lineup. I understand why he hasn't yeah. been. You know, you're kind of integrating him back in slowly, make sure he doesn't pick up another injury. They're playing Everton. Um, Everton have been sound, again, uh, defensively after a, a bad start. Um, but I still think there's, there's the, the, the option for, for some, some mistakes in that back line, uh, Pickford mistake as well. And I'm not saying Sheffield even necessarily take a point, but I think Liz Mousset will get on the score sheet, obviously. And now into the midweek round of fixtures, the guy, who do you have? Um, my midweek captain is, um, Sadio Mane. Yeah. Liverpool are playing Newcastle, who have been completely terrorised by COVID-19. Um, two of their best players. Um, I don't know if you saw this week. You know, Bruce, Steve Bruce came out and said it's not a matter of weeks of when these two are going to be back. It's going to be months. Um, For who? So, uh, Lascelles and Saint-Maximin. They've been, they've been, like, put to bed by the virus. Wow. Because, um, you know, Newcastle had the outbreak. Yes, um, yes. 
like a couple of weeks ago. Um, he said he was he did a Steve Bruce did an interview where he said the impact on the, the virus has had on some of these players and and a couple of them who he didn't name at the time but have now come out as ourselves and Sam Maximan are saying like it's going to be you know possibly months until we see them again. They can barely get out of bed, you know, even now. Yikes. Um, yeah, and it's been so, a couple of weeks already. Um, so Newcastle have been, you know, they've they played very poorly the last time out. I uh, can't remember who they were against, but uh, very poor. And Leeds. I think. Oh, uh, no, it wasn't Leeds. Sorry. Yes, it was Leeds before. They were, they were poor against. Yeah, and they were poor against West Brom as well, I think. Okay, yeah, um, but they, they, they got the. One or, right. Um, yeah, they're very poor against West Brom. Uh, lucky to get a point in that game. And Sadio Mane, you just saw you saw the way he looks when uh, when he was taken off against um, Crystal that, Palace, yeah. having scored a goal. I um, think he's going to be hungry. Um, and, you know, it's like a match made them, really. Mm-hmm. Hungry striker, shaky defence. Jobs are good. Yep, fair enough. And your savvy? And then my savvy pick is Nick Pope um, because he's near enough Garrett well although you would argue with me given what who your last savvy pick was he's playing Sheffield United and he's guaranteed um, A to face some pressure because Sheffield United do play a bit um, so hopefully pick up a few saves but also almost guarantee the clean, clean sheet yeah I, I, I don't uh, I, I'm not fighting that I, I feel like Everton is, is you know they'll go and win the game yeah. by scoring Burnley will try to you know nick that 1-0 um, I like that pick, um, and we don't get a lot of keepers uh, or defenders necessarily um, in our picks. My captain is Son. He's playing Fulham. Uh, yep. You know, th- they have uh, dropped the last two matches. They looked very poor against Leicester, uh, which we'll cover in a second. And uh, but I mean, although Fulham have looked better um, going forward, and even kind of tighten up in the back as well, I, I think the quality is going to be too much there. I think Kane Sunner is going to be knocking the ball around and this could get pretty ugly I think I think uh Spurs are good for three goals and you know if they're scoring three goals yeah. you gotta figure Suns in for two of them and my savvy pick uh someone who has been kind of in and out of the team uh, in the last while at, at least in the PL is Harvey Barnes I don't know if he's gonna start against United because he he has been on the bench quite a bit lately in in, in the yeah. PL but with the fixtures coming uh thick and fast I I'm leaning on him to get the start against Palace again. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm kind of picky on Palace, but that's just been kind of me the whole season. Um, and, yeah, I think uh, his quality will show and he can actually you know get something going there. Um, all right, guys, let's move on to the review, and we're going to open up with Liverpool smashing Palace 7-0, handing Palace their worst home defeat, I believe, in history. And I think the third largest road victory in at least the PL, if not in English football. But I think it was the PL. Certainly Liverpool's largest ever away victory. Um, so I'm very happy with that. It was, you know, it was a very good performance. Um, Palace were bad. I'll probably let you talk about how bad they were, um, Max. But for me, Liverpool, they weren't, you know, it wasn't our best performance of the season or the best performance I've ever seen because it didn't need to be, but it was very good, very composed. Um, I actually thought the first 
uh, you know, even after we scored the first goal a couple of minutes in, the first like 20 minutes were very even. Um, and Palace had a couple of chances. Jordan Ayew was really bad um, and <laughs> should have scored. Or, you know, there was a pass to Zahar, which he just put behind Zahar. And um, that should have been one all. It should have been 2-1 Palace, really. But Liverpool um, grew into the game and attacked well and were just very clinical um, with the chances. That they were. I mean, was that Minamino's first goal in the PL? Uh, in the Premier League, I think so, yeah. Yeah. He scored uh, in, the, third. in the Community Shield. Yes, yeah, but I think that was in the third minute, first uh, first goal for yeah. him. So, you know, good for him. Um, you're, especially with Jota, Liverpool's going to want to have um, that attacking reinforcements that, that they thought they were going to get from Minamino in the first place. Yeah. Um, so it'd be nice for them to. And, be, and, and I, I'm pulling for him. I like him as a player. Um, to actually, you know, start producing for you guys and, and being effective off the bench or with all these fixtures coming in, you know, putting in a good starting performance as well. I mean, Mo Salah didn't even start the match and he comes off and gets comes off the bench for half an hour and gets two goals and assists. Um, amazing second goal uh, to make it 7-0. And yeah, I mean, you know, Palace, who pride themselves on their defense, um, were just so, so sluggish. Um, the Salah assist on the, on the uh, Firmino's second was I think that pass should have been broken up. It was just instances of this all yeah. game long where, you know, they were just not in it. I mean, obviously the scoreline says that, but it was glaring. It wasn't like there was so much individual brilliance, uh, goal in, goal out. And they oh, just right. they just rolled over after, you know, hanging in for half an hour. So yeah, good on uh, good on Liverpool. And I gotta say, um with a, a half baked title challenge that United have I'm I'm worried right now. Uh, great, perfor- good, very good performance against Spurs, um, extending that lead, and then and then that. Even with all these injuries, yeah. even with all these key injuries, um, uh-huh. you know, Thiago and Van Dyke especially, they they look really good and they look like they found their groove and they've got a couple easy fixtures coming up too. So yeah, if we get through this festive festive period, then you know, and let's say if you you know a few points clear at the top of the league. I like our chances very nicely. Yeah. Um, okay, on to Spurs, Leicester, and, you know, Mike, well, I, I don't think you necessarily took away uh, too much um, with the Spurs' performance against Liverpool. We just yeah. strongly disagreed. Into, like, I don't think, maybe yeah. we were we were looking for more, um, but Spurs did not answer all the question. All three of us said that Spurs were going to come back and win comfortably against Leicester, I think, didn't we? Yes, yeah, yes, we did. Well, I said 1-0. I thought it was going to be tight and cagey. Uh, but Spurs would have enough to 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 break them down, and they offered nothing. Leicester from the get go were on Spurs, uh, creating chances. They were the ones keeping the ball in the box. And you know, I said that you know Leicester's kind of like a Liverpool B, in a sense. You know the way they the way they set up, the way they move the ball, and I thought that might be an issue for them in terms of the break. But I also thought that Spurs would actually get on the ball a little more. It was not the case, you know. Yeah. Uh, Spurs offered absolutely nothing in that match, and they deserved to be beaten soundly, uh, 2-0 by Leicester. It's a really good performance. Yeah, yeah they certainly did. Um, Leicester were just zipping the ball around. You know, every time, every time, you, you know, anytime anyone had the ball, it was a Leicester player. You know, Spurs, you're right, they were just, they sort of took the counter-attacking style a bit too extreme and just didn't offer anything on the ball and and they fully deserve to lose the game 
yeah, I mean, there's really not much else to say. I mean, you know, Serge Aurier, again, like Russia, yeah, he's been solid. You know, there are a couple of players that Mourinho's really done good work with. Ndombele, which, you know, it kind of seemed like he just wasn't going to bring into the team. Uh, Aurier's been sound defensively, but he has that rush of yeah. blood to the head. And for no reason at the stroke of halftime, um, just compounds that first half with a, a terrible tackle into the back of Fafana uh, for the for the penalty. And, um, yeah, um, there's really not much else to say about that. It was just a really poor performance by them. But they do have a couple easy fixtures, and uh, we'll see what they can do. Uh, well, actually, no, not Arsenal. I'm not going to shoot down Arsenal. We'll get to that, too. Now let's wrap up with a, another thrilling goal fest, uh, United Leeds, and I undershot it at 4-2. Yeah, <laughs> I, can't, I, absolutely, I can't believe it. But can't you, though? I mean, Bielsa was really too stubborn in that match. Um, it wasn't even the counter. You know, Aldi, I it was a master for Aldi, uh sat me down with um, Dan James starting. You know, it was really... Dan James was very effective. Uh, you know, the, the high press was there, and we didn't even necessarily counter all too much. We were just – the high press was so effective. You know, McTominay, he he used McTominay, I'm seeing, and it was a reminder of what McTominay can do when he's not yeah. – because he's not a great defender. He's more uh, he's more box-to-box, box, and as you can see, like he yeah. has the skill to score. Both those goals were excellent. Yeah, um, uh, and, and two two goals in the first three minutes for McTominay. And if and Fred and McTominay just pushing a little higher up. You can't do this every match. Um, but I think that's when you play McTominay is when you intend to press a little bit more and not be sitting back. When it comes to games where uh, United are, are playing a team that they might be inviting more pressure from, let's say against City, for example, I would prefer to see Paul Pogba in that role. Um, Paul Pogba... And McTominay to me are very similar uh, in their defensive uh, abilities, but if you're inviting pressure and you are actually really hitting on the break, yeah. you have Paul Pogba to spray long balls. Now McTominay, yeah. uh, and he even shown that match on Dan James's assist. So he made a great little run, uh, great dribbling, and a very nice pass into Dan James's feet. But his long ball ability is not quite there. But what a yeah. what a match! What a match! Um, I was I was watching with John, and I was absolutely thrilled. Um, poor Johnny boy, but you know, they were, they were hurting the back. They, they had Luke Ayling playing center back and that was killing John. Yeah. He's like, it just wasn't yeah. right. The one thing I will say is David De Gea had a great match. United yeah. get scored on twice and they gave up plenty of good chances. You know, I know, yeah. it was, I know it was that type of game, but there were too many good chances and you're not going to be giving up. Um, you're not going to be scoring six goals. Uh, in a match, three goals in a match, you know. That game could have been 8-4, you know. Yes, yeah. Um, it was particularly Patrick Bamford at 1-0. Um, mm-hmm. At 2-0, at 2-0. No. Oh, it was at 2-0 and then at 3-1, I think, as well. So at 2-0, yes, and then at 3-1, he missed an absolute, a couple of absolute sisters. And, you know... It was never 3-1. It was never. It was 4-0, and then it was 4-1 at the half. It was 2-0. I know what you're talking about. It was 2-0, and yeah, Bamford. Man, they were that Rafinha save as well. Again, that back post left wide open. Wamasaki getting sucked in. Um, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, I'm taking nothing away from, from Man United, who were very good attacking, and, and to their credit, you know, as you said, Max, they didn't rely on 
on account of, you know, the things that I've been critical for them in the past weren't evident in, in this game um, offensively. Um, Leeds created plenty of chances, but Leeds always create plenty of chances. Yeah. They are a good team. They yeah. just didn't take them on the on this occasion. That's, you know, that's good. But United would have won anyway um, because they were very good offensively. Uh, really nice interplay um, between... Um, the forwards, um, which isn't always the case. Um, yes, it was. It was a very good game for United. Yeah, it was brilliant to watch. All right, and sticking with United, uh, let's move on to the previews. Or, as Guy had mentioned, the first um, Boxing Day fixture, seven thirty a.m. If you're in Canada, uh, noon lunchtime in in the UK. Leicester United, uh, Guy. Promises to be quite a tasty game. That um, you know, we've just said how well United played against Leeds. Um, Max has informed me that even in the in the in the Carabao Cup this afternoon, um, United played well. Um, so they've got fully functioning attack at the moment. And against Leicester, who again we've just been singing the praises of um, with their super, with their ball play and and the chances they created and the dominance they had over Spurs. So I think. Whichever way it goes, it's going to be a good game, and it's going to be a tight game. Um, for me, I think Leicester have got it. I think they're going to control the midfield, um, and uh, Rogers is a very good coach. I think if if there's a if there's you know if United's game plans will be ineffective against certain coaches in the league, I think Brendan Rogers is a sort of guy to be able to nullify their threat. Mm. Um, you know, Leicester have been good this season with three three centre-backs, two full-backs. Um, so there'll be enough bodies back there. And I think, as I mentioned earlier, Jerry Vardy has the movement to, to worry the Man United defenders and cause a lot of problems. So I think, I, as I say, I think it'll be tight. I think it's going to be 1-0 Leicester. Yeah, I think it's going to be tight as well. Um, and, you know, you're talking about Jamie Vardy and, you know, we're talking... We were just discussing how th- that center back pairing needs speed, but he goes back to them every time. Lindelof has been playing hurt. He said it himself. The Swedish manager said that Lindelof's playing too much, and he's playing with injury. You know, he keeps on picking him. And again, again, you know, you drop one of them. You're obviously not going to drop Maguire. So you know what? Give him a, give him another rest. And I would say throw Tuan Zebe or, or Bai in there. He's not going to though. Um, McTominay, as we were just saying, amazing. Uh, against Leeds and and really showed what he can do depending on the game. But again, Leicester have that talent in the midfield and they have the attack where United aren't going to be pressing as high as they did against Leeds. There's more there's more talent in, in that Leeds squad or in that Leicester squad. So I think McTominay is going to get somewhat nullified again. I, I know he's going to go right back to McTominay and Fred. I think Fred was again also amazing in that Leeds match and he's been great all year. I think Fred yeah, for me is the yeah. lock but as I was saying with City, if you're sitting back a little bit more, I don't think United have to sit back, but sit back a little bit more, put Pogba in McTominay's spot. He's he's not going to, though. He's not going to, no. um, especially after that performance. And McTominay deserves to get the run out again, but he, I just feel like he's going to be misused slightly. It's not going to really work. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be really tight, too. And... I think we're, we're, it's going to come into the subs, um, and I th- 
hopefully Yoli doesn't rest on them too long. You know, by the 60th, Pogba is in there. I think it's going to be really tight as well. Late goal, I'm going to 1-0 United. Okay, and, and And keep that uh, that pipe dream alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, on to London Derby, Chelsea Arsenal. And my goodness, Arsenal is it's just... It's shambolic at this point, man. I feel bad for them. I've, I, I'm, <laughs> I feel bad for them. I, I like saying that. I feel bad for them. I do. <laughs> yeah. 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 How do you think the game's going to go, Max? Uh, <laughs> uh, man, you know, Timo Werner has not been scoring. He hasn't scored in, what, seven or eight right. matches, but... Yeah. He's hit the bar. He's hit the post like countless times. Yeah. I I feel for him, uh, in but I actually feel for him. I do, um, but I don't necessarily think that this is like the match where it's going to happen. I think it is a matter of time, and it's this is going to be another cagey one. I think this I think this match is going to be a disappointment. I really do. Yeah, yeah. Arsenal, Arsenal, knowing that you know a point they'll be happy with. They'll be they'll be over the moon with a point this at, at this point and yep. and you know Chelsea not quite clicking they didn't to me you know they they won three 0 against West Ham but two late goals I don't think they were really particularly good in that match no. Um, no. you know that that was a game where not too many chances were created and then as legs tired they they snagged a couple that game could have gone either way up until the seventy fifth minute really. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Um, you know, Arsenal have it in them to to dig deep. I don't know if Aubameyang is going to be back, but the the extent of the injury didn't seem that bad, so I'm going to assume that he is. And Martinelli again got hurt in the EFL Cup yesterday against City, but that was kind of allayed. The fears were allayed a little bit, so I think him off the bench could be uh, could be good for them. I'm going to go one all or uh, one all draw. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to be a uh, put in the disappointment category. You know, both teams are enjoying, not enjoying, uh, whatever the opposite of enjoying is. Um, mired in. I mean, Arsenal's mired. Chelsea, they had a little bad run against uh, um, who they lose to? Everton and. Who was it before that? Leicester. It was Leicester. Was it Leicester? Um, I want to say Leicester. But well, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Tottenham lost to this. So. Yeah. Anyway, Chelsea—they—they—they've they, they've not looked on it like Wolves. Did, Wolves. You know, it was Wolves. Wolves. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You know, towards the middle of you know, in the sort of early parts of the season after they overcome the initial blips the first few games, Chelsea looked right on it. Yeah. And then they dropped off in the last few weeks, I think, and the performances haven't been there. Even as you said, they've been winning, even though they won against West Ham. Um. And, and Arsenal are shambolic and, and they're not enjoyable to watch at all. So I think it'd be a poor game. But I think Chelsea will just have enough to shade it, if only that they've got the attacking depth to bring someone on who can score. And I think it'd be 2-1 Chelsea. Okay. I mean, 2 ones. Uh, you got some goals in there. You know, it might not be a total dead. Yeah, it d- doesn't mean it'd be any good to watch. Yeah, a shady penalty and, you know, maybe a yeah. mistake. You know, <laughs> Yeah, Nick, you know, the, you know David Luiz special. Yeah, <laughs> you know it'll be it'll be 
it'll be a nothing game. You're right. Okay. All right. Here, actually, you know what? Since Mike's not here, I gotta be writing down these. Um, and yeah, so, uh, yeah, we're gonna have to get Mike to to bring up um, to send in his scores. Uh, Mike, if you're listening, and I know you are gonna be listening because you're very upset to be missing being on this episode. Uh, you know, have scores ready, send them in. Yes, uh, yeah, well, we'll be sure of that. I bet you we won't, fucking guy. <laughs> Listen, that is. Um, Southampton, West Ham. Okay, so on to the midweek. It were, I, I just wanted to flip it and not do a chronological, generally do in chron- chronological order, but I do want to close with City yeah. and Everton. Um, so Southampton, yes. West Ham. Um, this was one of your suggestions, so you kick it off. I, I think it's a great pick. Uh, go for it. Uh, this is the antithesis of the Arsenal Chelsea game in that it's two teams right on form, playing good, exciting football, uh, winning games, and looking good. Um, Southampton, I've been so impressed with them this year. I love it. Um, I love, I love watching them play. I love Ralph Hasenhuis, who I love the players they've got in the team. I'm just a big Southampton fan this season. Yeah, me too. Um, well, you know, we really had them. Both of you, sorry, both of us, you and I uh, had them, you know, we were contemplating taking them to make the Europa League at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And we just yeah. kind of shaded them to like ninth, eighth, ninth, yeah. eighth to tenth kind of thing. And yeah, yeah you're absolutely right, man. They, um, front to back, are just sound. Yeah, they've been very good. Um, and, and West Ham has been very surprising to me as well. David Moyes has somehow got them very organized. The defense is yep. really sound. Indeed. You know, they've brought in. They brought in Kufal, um, who's been fantastic, um, and Rama, who we haven't seen the best of yet, but looks looks promising. Um, you know, they've been very good. I think um, Southampton will nick it, to be honest. This one could be, I was tempted by a draw in this game, mm. um, but I feel like Southampton, who, who've been excellent, excellent, will just have enough. Um, and I think Harsen was a far superior tactician than uh, David Moyes um, and I think he'd be able to outbox Spurs in this game so mm-hmm. I think it would be I'm actually going to go 3-1 Southampton 3-1 I actually I actually just wrote because you are talking about nicking it and I, I actually wrote 2-1 Southampton before you said anything for you <laughs> um, yeah yeah, uh, you know Ings is 50-50 for this match as well but you know, even without him they were performing um, yeah and yeah uh, Hasen Huzzle has done such a good job there. I I do see what you're saying in terms of Hasen Hill, you know, being able to outfox Moyes, but you know, Moyes is a more defensive-minded manager, and he'll be wary of this. And they kind of set up this yeah. way anyway. Again, I think you you mentioned Ben Rama, and that's the one thing I thought he was really going to get a go against Chelsea. I thought he was going to start that match, yeah, and and he didn't, and. And they didn't really provide all too much going forward. I think this is a game for him to definitely get in there and and offer some more attack in 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 the West Ham uh, front line. I'm gonna go one all. I think it's I think it's gonna be uh, an entertaining one all draw though. Yeah. Uh, I think both teams will will provide and you know maybe Southampton is, will be a little unfortunate not to get the win. Yeah, I, I do sure. rate them I, um, uh, more than West Ham. And there might be some. I think maybe the the rub of the green is just going to go in favor of West Ham, and Southampton might be a little yeah. bit unfortunate not to snag it. Uh, so I'm going to go one all. Let's move on and close out with 
City Everton. Um, now, again, both these teams playing their second match in three days. What is the the squad rotation going to be kind of like? Because, you know, both teams have, on the weekend fixture, they do have favorable matchups. Everton playing Sheffield, uh, City playing Newcastle. So I, I think they they have the opportunity, the managers, uh, Pepin and, and Ancelotti, to to rotate the squad on Saturday and focus yeah. in on this match. I mean, I think, uh, you know, you, you know, Mike, week in, week out, he said last week it's, this is time when the City, you know, actually scores some goals. They get the win. He got it right. We, we both got that wrong. Uh, but yeah. it was only 1-0. And, you know, the, the, the defense has been, has been solid. And I think they just break them down. Um, they they're sound. You know, Rodri's doing a great job in in the CDM yeah. role there. Um, I think you play Rodri and Gundogan back there for that match. Still both able to create and pass, but yeah. uh, Gundogan tenacious. Uh, Rodri just yeah. solid there, like really a shield yeah. for the back line, who has been very solid. The addition of Ruben Diaz um, for them is has been key, and. Yeah. And yeah, um, I was actually surprised to see Ruben Diaz play yesterday. I thought they would have rested him, but I'm gonna go uh, comfortably City in this match. I'm gonna go three nil City. Okay. I, I I do think they I, I think they I think they get it rolling. Um, Aguero should be all good for that match, uh, and and yeah, that that Everton backline has been good um, for the most part, but I think there have been a number of instances where the mistakes are there. And I, I think the city exploit that even with the pace of, you know, Ben Godfrey playing on the right, uh, playing right back right now, yeah. he's good, but that's not his position. I think, I think Sterling yeah. will be very effective in this match. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to agree with, with almost everything you said there, Max. Um, I think finally it's going to be a good match. It's going to be a good match, but it's going to, but City are going to just dominate and win the game. Um, I'm going to change it slightly. I think it will only be 2-0 um, because City haven't quite got into the groove, that groove yet. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, they, you know, you're right. The midfield is looking good. The Sterling's going to have a good game against the sort of, the sort of makeshift fullbacks. Um, and although the, the defence has been very solid, that sort of four central defenders... Um, at, in defence, which has been very solid, um, I just think City have a bit. It's too much about them. Yeah, I so mean, if they had the ability, I know it's not really Ancelotti's uh, formation, and I and I applaud Ancelotti for not changing it, even in big matchups. Yeah, you know, sticking with that four at the back. You know, problem with me for Ali is always kind of tinkering, and you know, if yeah. United's playing City or Liverpool, you know, the three-five-two might come out or something like that, but. United have more talent. Uh, Everton, I think, might be wise if they if they had if they had the players that were healthy to do a three five two. But they don't because you know I mean Coleman's back, but you know they still don't have Dinier, so that it's it's not really an option for them to to set up defensively and really make the counter uh, be their bread and butter for this match. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, um, that's all wrapped up. Now, our little feature for the week. Love the the transfer window speculation. 
um, especially with especially with this crazy season. Um, This January, you know, after coronavirus team, I think this is going to be the heaviest and most wild transfer window in January that we've we've seen. Um, First, yeah, I mean, the the league's wide open. Um, Teams are in financial trouble. Let's just quickly touch on. Um, the Liga, the French League crisis here. So they they signed this TV deal. Not only did they cancel their season um, when uh, the pandemic broke out, so they didn't get any revenue from that, but uh, they signed this television deal, which was, I think, over $3 billion. And they the, the provider has only been able to pay, the guy you said, under 10% of this deal so yes. far, and, and they're not going to be able to make it up with anything else. It's tragic. It's 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 actually tragic for that league, and I hope they can sort it yeah. out. And you know, hopefully, you know, if it comes down to it, other leagues aid them in in bailing them out. Uh, but yeah. but that's a little ways off. And before they do that, they'll be poaching some of their players. So, yeah. um, I, I've heard that Memphis Depay to Barcelona could be as low as four and a half million. Jesus yeah, Christ. that's you know that's that's some paper talk right there, but Jesus, that's nuts. I, to be honest, Max, I completely overlooked the French league's desperate need to sell. I've only got one French league player in in my. Uh, well, don't worry, because I'm chock full of them. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Well, <laughs> well, you know, I go there anyway, right? Like, you know, that's like yeah, it just yeah, kind of yeah. it just kind of made it easier. But like, that's you know where I love to scout players too. So. Um, yeah. So what we're going to be doing, guys, is we're going to be taking Southampton, Everton, uh, Leicester, Spurs, United, City, Liverpool, and Chelsea, um, and yeah. picking a, a position that we think the, that they could you know, bolster a little bit in the January transfer window, either for a title charge um, or securing a, a European place. So let's uh, start with our favorite underdogs of the season, Southampton. Uh, guy, who do you? What position do you have, and what uh, what names are you floating? Um, so I've, for Southampton, I've picked a striker because, as I've said before, they they're fantastic all over the pitch. But up front, they've got Jay Adams, who's been very good. Danny Ings, who's excellent, but is touch injury prone. But that's it. You know, they've got Shane Long, um, who's not a goal scorer anymore, and is a bit. You know, he's just he's just not. not he's a bit past it now. Um, He's not got the required ability for them. And then they've got a couple of young guys coming through. Uh, Tessa and Ludu. And L- 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 Ludu, yeah. Yeah, um, both promising, but not, not there. And Southampton, they're, you know, they're, they're in a very strong position at the moment. So I think um, they need to be strengthening up front to give themselves some options, you know, when they to take the pressure off Adams if things is out or and to be able to rotate a bit more in there. So the two names I've picked out are Myron Boadu, um, yeah, very nice. Yeah, we, you, yeah, we scouted um, him last year. Yeah, on this show before, um, who's very good. You know, is a number nine, plays up front, but has has the required attributes for a Southampton striker. You know, good movement and the rest. Um, and then the other option is uh, Jean Philippe Mateta, who who I scouted um, during the the first lockdown, during the, the original lockdown. Um, he plays for Mainz, um, has come back from a horrible injury last year to come back and he scored a few goals in, in the Bundesliga this season, put in some good performances and 
and it's fairly highly rated. So um, both of those players, I think, you know, they play for not big European clubs, so I think that they'd happily move to Southampton, you know, um, and, you know, and the Premier League. They both fit in, both with the Premier League style of play and the and Southampton style of play as well. Yeah, it's interesting that you took striker. I see where you're coming from with, uh, you know, Ings obviously kind of starting to pick up injuries again. Um, but, you know, they he had, and they were still, Shea Adams was holding it down. Um, that said, you know, yeah. you pick up two injuries there, or, you know, Adams goes a little flat, and they could definitely use um, a little bolstering there. I had a little trouble with uh, Southampton. I, um, you know, I've got my issues with Kyle Walker-Peters at the back. Yeah. I, I would say, I, I was really trying to, like, think of a, a defensive-minded right back who might be available to to come in and protect leads or, or, or start in matches where they'd be yeah. inviting a lot of pressure, such as uh, the City match, although they did look at very good against City yeah. anyway. Um, but I saw, I went for a center mid, and I know they're they're pretty solid. The Romeo's great, um, and Prowse are yeah. a very good pairing, but I, I, I kind of want to see Prowse um, get released a little bit more and, and offer more to the attack. So this is a bit of a far cry, but Dennis Sakaria at um, at at Gladbach, um, very high, very highly touted, but he seems to have been having some trouble getting yeah. into the squad this yeah. year. Now yeah. going into the season, he was for me he was one of the if, if I was a Glad the Gladbach manager, um, one of the first names on the team sheet. But yeah. it doesn't yeah. really seem to be the case, and uh, you know they've advanced in Champions League, so you don't necessarily as they're going to be stretching themselves a little bit, so they might not be uh, looking to sell him. But he hasn't really been cracking the squad consistently. Yeah. And I think a draw to the PL is is alluring to anyone. Um, Hasenhutl, as we discussed, excellent manager. And uh, I, I think there could be a, it'd be a coup for them uh, to make a, a, a signing like that. And as I said allow Prowse a little more um, leeway into the the attacking four-way, which, which he gets anyway, but it's mostly from set pieces. Yes, you're right. Yeah, that would be a very good sign. I almost picked Zakaria myself for, for one of the other teams that we'll be discussing. Well, that's just it, is that, you know, it, it would be, as I said, a, a coup for them, and Zakaria might yeah. be a little more fitting for um, somebody else, a, a bigger a bigger squad, and maybe he might think the the move beneath him. But, you know, you get into Southampton, and the way this team's performing, you put in a couple good years there, even one good year there, year and a half. Yeah. Um, I think he's 24, 25. You're at, by, by 26, you're PL proven, and then yeah. you can make that jump, right? Um, okay, let's move on to Everton. Uh, I'll open it up, and for me, yep. I've got uh, I've just got the one again. You know, we're talking about you know Ben Godfrey, Seamus Coleman getting on Ben Godfrey, not an actual right back, and yep. and then just needing a little more creativity. Ben Godfrey, obviously defensively sound, but going forward, he misplaces balls all over the place, and yeah, he yeah, kind of stunts yeah. their attack. So. Speaking of Ben Godfrey, stick with Norwich and pick up Max Ahrens, um, who's yeah. already had a year in the PL last year. I believe he's 20, maybe 21 now, uh, and can get forward and 
provide that role and learn under Seamus Coleman. Coleman's not going to be playing week in, week out. I think that if you pick up Max Aaron's on the cheap, you probably get him for 20 million tops. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I would say, yeah, absolutely tops. And then, you know, you have that link up with Hamas when, when Rodriguez is healthy. Um, yeah. And, you know, you, you put him in matches, uh, you know, against the, the bottom half of the table kind of thing. Or when you're chasing a game, you know, maybe you take out, you take out Coleman if he's getting tired. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Well, Coleman's, Coleman's had problems with injuries and is and well, is on the way out. You well, know. already. That's a very smart. That'd be a very smart move. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, Max Aaron's would be the move, and I, I think Norwich would be comfortable enough. They're doing well enough in the championship. They're top yeah. right now to say, you know, we can let go of him and yeah. still make the PL ourselves without yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, who do you have? For me, Everton, I've gone to the other end of the pitch, um, and I think they need a wide forward. Um, you saw, we saw how poor they were when Richarlison was out, mm-hmm. when he was suspended. James Rodriguez, you know, is injured and is you know isn't going to be playing every week all the time. Um, and I think they need sort of more direct, um, a direct winger, you know, a wide forward. Um, so. My first pick for that position is Milo Rashica um, for wet for Isla Montenegrin um, player. He plays for Werder Bremen um, and, and has been the shining light for Bremen in the last few in the last couple of years when there's not been much going on for them. Um, huh. Scores goals, attacks the box from wide positions. You know he's a creative player and everything. Plays across the front three um, so he can fill in as and when required. He was looked at by Aston Villa in the summer. Um, wouldn't cost all that much money, 15 million perhaps, um, and would be a very good signing. But the one, the, the the other one that I'm recommending for Everton is a bit audacious, but given the recent developments at the club, them, yeah, is uh, Papu Gomez. Um, yeah, I, why not? Absolutely, what, I mean, he's on my list. <laughs> what a signing it would be! What a signing that would be um, for anyone, and 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 he is fully deserving of playing for any team in the Premier League. Yes. Um, by the way, and I'm sure you'll mention him later. Um, but he, he's a great player, and with Ancelotti, they've got that pulling power. It just might be crazy enough to work, you know. And, and he's leaving Atalanta, right? That's almost given. So no, absolutely. I mean, it seems as though they've kind of uh, sorted out the bad blood with Ilicic. He even captained them today, so yeah, uh, that seems to be resolved. But but Gomez, I don't even. He didn't start. I know that. I'm not sure if he came off the bench, but. Uh, yeah, um, that would be a fine signing for them. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Leicester. Yeah. Who do you got? Uh, I think they need a central midfielder. Leicester actually was the one, the team that I had the most difficulty with because they're very well stocked in a number of positions. Mm-hmm. They could probably do with a couple of, you know, some backup somewhere here and there. But I was more, fit, I was really focusing on the um, the first team. And I think they could do with another central midfielder. I think they've got Yuri Tielemans, who's excellent. Yes. Dennis Pratt, who's good. Yep. Um, but they could do with and and Ndidi, who sits behind, who's excellent. Yeah. I think someone in that Dennis Pratt role, um, who, you know, I think that's a position they could improve on. Um, so I've got um, Santiago Ascasabar from Hertha Berlin. Uh, Hertha, you know, they had they had this takeover, brought in all these players. It's that not coming together. Um, 
and I think they'd be more than willing to, you know, to sell some of their leading lights, which as Kaspar is, he's, he's excellent ball winnings, so he offers a bit more defensive solidity than Pratt, so he gives Leicester another option there, um, but is good, um, you know, runs box to box as well. And the other option is Thomas Delaney from Dortmund, sure. who is a similar type of player to Ascasibar, much better on the ball, actually. Very experienced. And not, you know, not playing every week for Dortmund at the moment. They'd probably be happy enough to sell him. Yeah, and you're just um, looking for a little depth experience. too, right? So. Yeah, yeah, um, and I think I think either of those would be excellent for Leicester. They just give them that extra bit of quality in central midfield. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I I see where you're coming from. I. I think, you know, you named Ndidi, Pratt, and, and Tillmans. I'm very happy with that. For me, yeah. it hasn't, um, it hasn't, my, my tune hasn't changed for Leicester since last January when I was calling for a center back. Now, Wesley yeah. Fawn has been an excellent signing, and yeah. for them, it's, it's great that they did that, but um, he, uh, he's, he's not Johnny Evans injured, getting probably a little yeah. past it. Wes Morgan is completely past it, and, uh, yeah. and Soyuncu's been, been hurt. I, I think, you know, you want to replace Evans at this point. You have Soyuncu. I'm not saying he's injury prone. He's just hurt at the time, at the moment. And you have Fafana. Uh, very, very good. I think you want to bring in um, someone else that's got a few more years um, in him and and can provide that competition for them and can and can fill in should one of them get hurt. So yeah. one that they've already been looking at is uh, Nikola Milenkovic at Fiorentina. Uh, he's been, you know offered up and on the transfer window for the last couple of years, really, um, and just hasn't made a move anywhere. But Fiorentina, very poor in, last, in these last couple of years. He has been one of the shining uh, stars for them. And the other one for me is Jonathan Ta at Bayer Leverkusen. Now, yeah. this would be a tough one to make because Leverkusen are right in the title hunt right now. But that's another player, um, and and it's another player who likes Zakaria has oddly enough not been starting match in match out, and especially yeah. at the center back role, with someone of his uh, of his ilk, you'd think at Leverkusen he would be, but but he's not. Um, so I think they hone in on that, and they've been so savvy in the market, Leicester, for a number of years now. But they've also been getting a little bolder in terms of how much they're spending, and it's not unwise spending, but they are spending more on players like Tielmans, for example. So um, that uh, Milenkovic at Fiorentina and Ta at Leverkusen are the ones for me. Yeah. All right, on to Spurs, and uh, I'll kick this one off. You know, Spurs was actually a, I, I had a, I had a trouble with a few teams, um, but they were up there for me just because I think they did really well in the summer. And and they are looking good, and and Mourinho's, you know, using what he has and what he's received very nicely. So yeah. I had a little bit of trouble. I would say, for me, the one thing is like you know, Deli Alley has obviously fallen off the face of the earth, and he's going, he's he's either going nowhere or he's not going to be playing. But I think Indombele's been solid. I like him a lot, but he's not necessarily the all an all out creative. Uh, force that they need in the center of the park. I, I like how they set up. I like what the center of the park does there. Uh, Hoiberg's been great. Lo Celso's good on the ball as well. But I think they yeah. still need a little bit more uh, of the attacking flair. And you already mentioned him, but Papu Gomez for Spurs at a very reduced price, you know, maybe yeah. roughly $10 million, yeah. um, is 
the experienced leader that you you're wanting um someone that is is going to add that basically be the the triumvirate of him son and yeah. and Kane and provide yeah. for them amazing mentality i think Mourinho would just eat up at that squad um yeah. so I, I think I think he's a very smart move for them, and probably for, obviously I'm saying this, but the position that they need to focus in on. And the other one for me would be Awar at Lyon, yeah, who didn't make the move, thankfully for his sake, to Arsenal in the summer, who he's so heavily linked to. Um, now, is is that going to kick back up again? But I mean, if you're Awar, you you as a player in football, unlike North American sports, you have the option to reject a trade or, or, or a transfer. Yeah, yeah. So. I wouldn't be making that move, but Spurs would seem very enticing and tantalizing to me if I were him. Yeah. And as we discussed, the uh, Liga, desperate to sell. I mean, yeah. Lyon also in a title hunt. But you know, Awar, um, they 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 have the depth there, Lyon. So they they might look to yeah. make that money and, and jump on that now in January yeah. before yeah. it even seems as though the French teams are even more desperate. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, those are my two for Spurs. Very nice picks, Max. Um, for me, Spurs, I I once again went to the other end of the pitch and um, have picked a central defender um, because Davinson Sanchez seems to be on the way out. They've been solid in defence, Spurs, but Davinson Sanchez seems to be on the way out. Alderweireld has been much better this season than I Yes, yes, that was that was my second position for the exact reasons yeah. you're saying. But because they've been so solid, I decided yeah. to lay off. Yeah, I think... I think I think you were right to do that. Um, I think Alderweireld, his time is still limited. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's thirty odd now, um, and perhaps even across oceans, Max, this is a sign that we're spending too much time together. Uh, I've chosen <laughs> Nikola Belink <laughs> as uh, one of the two options for the Spurs because he has been good for Fiorentina this season. He doesn't. Um, he will be readily available. It will be a step up for him, you know. But he's a very good player. Uh, and the other option would be Samuel Umtiti at Barcelona. Interesting. Barcelona, another team in dangerous, he risky pickup. Sorry, just a risky pickup, though. That's the only thing, right? Oh, completely. But but the thing is, he's he's got this high ceiling. Mm, yes, he's absolutely. I mean, honestly, two years ago, he was in my top five center backs in the world. And pair him next to Eric Dyer, who's the opposite type of player who's gotten a very low ceiling but doesn't particularly now drop much below that. You know, he's mm-hmm. just what you see is what you get. Sure. Mr. Solid at the moment, Eric Dyer. That and is. Then, I, I've slated Dyer relentlessly in the past, uh, but Mourinho uh, um, craved him at United and yeah, and now he's finally got him. And, and he, he's, he's looking the best he ever has, apart from when he burst on the scene yeah. and there was all this talk yeah. about him. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, but uh, I think Omtiti, he's he's got that class, and he'll be available for cheap because Barcelona need the money and want to get him gone immediately. I think that's not a bad idea for Spurs. I think Milenkovic would be a better idea, but Omtiti's uh, there. Okay. You know what? I mean, Omtiti at this point would be happy to fight for that spot, and then you know he's yeah. not playing game in, game out, lessening his chance yeah. of injury. And yeah. then if he can stay healthy, I mean, that's your number one center back right there. Yeah. That's a really yeah. interesting pick. Um, and he had, he had not crossed my mind. And he's totally faded out of uh, my periphery. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, okay, guy, let's move on to Chelsea. Yeah. And I think, um, I don't think this will come as a surprise to anyone. Although I found this one difficult because it's like they strengthened every single position. <laughs> yeah, I know. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and really, they're not going to be spending much money in January, I don't think. But anyway, in, in our world where they are, um, it's got to be a defensive midfielder. Jorginho doesn't have the ability, for, or he doesn't, he doesn't play the way Frank Lampard wants him to play. He's a very um, kind of system-specific player um, and isn't much good outside of that. Um, Kante, as we've discussed, particularly yourself, Max, you know, is waning. Um, I, I don't think he's waning. I, I, I think Conte's been solid again. You know, I think he's being actually used properly uh, again. Yes. You know, he's, he's not out of position. But, yes, go on. But he's he's not quite that he's not at the world class level that he that he was before yeah, and, sure. and you know and he's never going to get there again. Um, so the obvious choice is Declan Rice from West Ham. You know mm. Chelsea youth graduate, best mates with Mason Mount, wants to go back to the club. You know just looks like it's going to happen at some point. And he's been very very good this season, mm-hmm. um, very impressive. Um, and there's not much I need to say about him. My other option is uh, my my. Liga 1 player um, Bruno Guimaraes um, at, uh, Le- at Lyon from Lyon yeah yeah lovely on the ball sits in front of the defence and, and you know he offers more on the ball than Declan Rice um, which for a team like Chelsea you know you, you want um, you know they do still need progressive passes um, and Bruno Guimaraes would offer that and I think that's the sort of you know Rice isn't going to be cheap we're looking 60, 70 million. Yeah. Looking 60 million for Rice. Sure. You know, that's just the way it goes English tax and, you know, young player and all the rest of it. Um, but Guimaraes should be a lot cheaper than that. Um, but still a very good player. Either of those would be fantastic for me. Yeah, I think those are both really good picks. Uh, the Declan Rice thing has a lot of steam. Uh, yeah. January might be a little tricky. It almost seems a lot. Agreed. Yeah. I have the exact same position. Um, I, I was considering left back. Just because, just to back up Chilwell, and uh, yeah. but uh, I, I, I have the same position. the The thing is with with this is that you know you make the move in January, and then why do you get Rice in in the summer? Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm I'm both Liga for me. Um, Samare at Lille again. Yeah. Someone who Chelsea and United um, were both heavily into last January and the deal didn't go through. And again, someone in this excellent Lille squad, Louis Campo, can't praise him enough doing such a good job there, not really getting into that squad too much. So I think you get him at a really reduced price, 20 million tops. I think he was about 35, 40 last, last January, even yeah. into the summer. But now with him not playing consistently and uh, the crisis in Liga, um, it's not... It, it, it was tough for Chelsea because it's, it doesn't seem dire for them. They did spend all this money, and the team does seem pretty sound. But, you know, maybe Jorginho's on the way out, and you just have someone uh, there to, to come in and and fight uh, Conte and Kovacic for that position. Because I think you know, if you're Chelsea, you could upgrade with a younger player in January and even sell Jorginho in January. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other one for me is if you really want to keep up with – Chelsea's FIFA 21 extravaganza is uh, Eduardo Camavinga. Yeah. Now, Ren are also having an excellent year. And 
he's obviously the uh, one of the most highly touted prospects in the world. Real Madrid yeah. really honing in on him. They've got like Soron's eye on on Camavinga, yeah. but and and he said that he would love to play there one day. It could even be a move that ends up being like a you get him maybe at this at this point forty million. Um, but and then and then he stays for three years and then makes the jump to Real because he really wants to. But in yeah. that time, he could be so good for them. Um, he's box yeah. he's box to box. You put him beside Conte and Conte just holds it down. He's capable defensively and he's great going forward as well. I mean, the kid has it all. And it, just based on what Chelsea have done in the last uh, in the last transfer window, yeah. I, I, yeah. why the, why the fuck yeah. not? And and then and then you sell him for a massive profit. And in that time, uh, build up your replacement. Yeah. Uh, Very okay. nice. Very yeah. Nice um, all right. Let's go on to United, Manchester United. And it's obvious to me. It's a left-sided, left-footed and left-sided center back with pace. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> this, this team... Who knows? Who knows with this board, you know? Because there's, there in the last few days there have been some serious links to, and, and even apparently uh, an offer to David Alaba, um, for the su- for the summer. So what does that mean? Is that, you know, we'll get him in the summer. We'll see how the rest of the year goes. But you're in that title challenge at least temporarily. You know, make that jump and and hopefully find someone that has the potential and could be an Alaba for cheaper uh, based on wages, obviously. Um, so, and, and, and then you get more years out of him too. Although Dave Alba is only 28. I think that guy's got a good five or six years yeah. in him, even in the PL. Yeah. Uh, but for me, it is uh, Benoit Badia-Chile at Monaco. Yeah. Um, very strong in the air and pacey. Both of these players, like the same, same breakdown, um, same description. Uh, obviously good in the air and 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 fast and left footed, and then you know you take that pressure as we've discussed almost episode in episode out of um, relieving uh, Maguire or Lindelof um, and 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 not having the wing backs suck in to to back them up. So then about about she laid nineteen, maybe just turned twenty at Monaco, and my other one is Pau Torres at Villarreal, uh, who has been on people's radar, big team's radar, since at least the summer, if not last January. He's been doing a great job there. Uh, he's excellent on the ball, and, uh, and and he offers that pace. He's dangerous in the air. He's he's a threat from corners. And, yeah, I mean, it's the, that's a shoe-in position for me, uh, for, for Manchester United. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right, Max, and both of those would be very good picks. Luckily... Um, for the purposes of this exercise, of course, uh, United are weak in several positions. Um, so I've gone with a defensive field. Um, yeah, that, that was my second. That's my second. I really, I think, you know, yes, you, you do need a new centre-back. I won't, I won't argue with you there. But for me, just the, the you know, you've got a number of very, you know, of, of central midfield players that just don't cut the mustard. You know, Fred, I like... Um, but is a box-to-box player. Yep. You know, he, so is McTominay. He doesn't hold it down in front of the defence. McTominay, likewise, is worse than Fred, you know, and and is also a box-to-box player. And mm. Matic is 
the player that you need, except he's, he's too very old. slow. Yeah, and, and, and you know, he's, he's past it, you yeah. know. Um, so I, I think Man United really need to concentrate on on a holding midfielder that, that sits in front of the defence, mm-hmm. but that with ball with playing ability as well. Yeah. Um, because that's how you're going to develop, you know. Um, and so I've picked two uh, players. Uh, the first one is uh, Toyin Coop Miners. Beautiful, Alcar. beautiful. He almost made a list for someone else. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, he's excellent on the ball. I mean, he can take penalties, not that you need it, but he's good set-piece taker. Um, holds it down and can play central midfield, defensive midfield, and Center central defence. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, so Phil, you know, perhaps both of the criteria, of the both of the yeah, Absolutely. You know, at the moment, I don't, he is left-footed, I think. <laughs> um, I'm not, he's probably faster than Maguire and Lindelof as well. No but, doubt, no doubt. You know, not saying too much. Um, you know, he's, he's a very, very good player. Um, mm-hmm. I think that'd be a lovely signing. I would love that. Available, not, but not too much money. Not even on their radar. Money. They don't know what the fuck's going on. No, no, <laughs> I know. That's, see, this is the thing. They're... Just on United because we're there. Um, I saw they were linked with um, with a Casado, yeah, Ecuadorian. So this has just burst onto the scene last week. Uh, Six million apparently, and like it's it sounds like we're gonna get this kid, but who the fuck knows with this board? You know, we almost got Holland last year. We almost got Bellingham. That didn't happen, right? but yeah, this kid sounds really exciting. Apparently, he's, he can do it all. Like apparently, he's like a world beater. Like he's you know wow. st- apparently he owned the midfield against Uruguay against Benasur and uh, fuck who else do they have back there? Fuck, I forget. But you know, two class central like he owned that yeah. midfield. So apparently, he's great going forward. He's great on the ball. Okay. Um, I'm very excited about this. But that's not the move you need to make in January to make that title push. No. You know, he's 19. Yeah. He's not going to be quite ready. No. Well, see, this is this is my point. Really, was that um, I saw in the couple of newspaper reports the same wording, which was global emerging talent, which is obviously a line that United are pushing to the media outlets. Mm-hmm. Um, that's their that's their recognised transfer strategy. You know that you saw it with uh, Diallo and Palestri in, in in the summer, and they've actually United have signed nineteen players in the last year, um, but. And they've all been like between the ages of sixteen and sure. nineteen, or yep. fifteen and nineteen, or something. Yeah. You know, paying like trying to strike gold, three hundred grand for this guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's which is you know what they're doing. They think they're trying to find the next Neymar or the next you know Ronaldo or yep. whatever, right? Yeah. Um, when they just need to, all they need to do is spend like fifteen million quid on <laughs> Toy and Cooper miners yeah. and. You know, they're instantly a better team, and the guy's like twenty-three or something. I know it's know, obvious; it's it's glaringly yeah. obvious. But what can yeah, you do? It's it's silly. Is this? You know, let's say Chelsea are running the FIFA FIFA transfer committee. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a running the football manager one where you just you know you just see how well projected the guy is. You know, he's he's sixteen years old. He's going to be world class in four or five years. Mm-hmm. You buy him for nothing, and then you can sell him for a hundred million or whatever. You know. Um, anyway, I digress. The other the other option for Man United is a Premier League player, um, Douglas Luiz. Yes, Lewis. absolutely. I think, I think he's been very good. Um, he does that. He plays that role. Per, I mean, he's like his style of play is perfect for United. He sits in front of the defence. He's hard and strong in the tackle, classy on the ball, um, mm-hmm. but just sits because you've got all these wicked move 
you know, attacking movement players in front of you. Ogba, all you have to do is provide for them. Fernandez. All, all you have to do is consistently get the ball to these players. Yeah. And then yes, you and sit back the and shield the defense. Yeah, yeah. And Douglas Luiz has been fantastic since he signed for Villa. Yeah. Um, and I think he'd be a very good signing for Man United, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Um, the... Okay, so let's. Uh, yeah, he's been linked to City heavily. I haven't heard anything for United. Yeah. But um, let's. Uh... Well, he, he has a buyback clause, I think, from City. Um, so oh yeah, yeah, clause, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and let's uh, let's move on to City. We got two more. Let's let's close out with City. Yeah. Uh, guy, who do you have there? Um, striker. It's got to be you know they're strong. There's a, there's a couple of options it could have been, but. Aguero, his legs have gone. You know, he's got the ability, but he's not going to be there forever. They need to go big on a striker that guarantees them goals. Jesus is in and out of form. So the two, the most obvious one who they are linked to at the moment is Haaland. Um, mm-hmm. Dortmund. It's not good. Yeah. You know, you don't Dortmund a year. You don't think it's going to happen this in, You don't think it's going to happen? Not in January, for sure. I, 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 wouldn't, even say, I wouldn't even say this summer, actually. Um, I, I don't think Haaland's going anywhere for until next the summer of 2022. Yeah. Personally, I mean, um, yes, uh, like that, that would seems, be ideal. Seems fair, but anyway, I've seen the stories. But this is the guy. I mean, City can afford not to piss around with, you know, half measures, um, and and just overpay. You know, just overpay for world class talent. Yeah. You know, um, so in that vein, the other option would be Duvin Zapata. Mm. Yeah, he, he's perfectly built for the PL. Um, the guy is an actual beast. League. Proven talent, uh, guarantees goals from the off, and Atlanta are just poor at the moment, you know. And it, 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 Atlanta just have that feeling of the band breaking up, you know. Mm. Um, the manager resigned, they didn't accept it. Gomez is leaving, you know. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, and enough money thrown at them. Zapata, you know, they're not going to. Doesn't look like they're going to qualify for the Champions League this season, so that their revenue is going to take an even bigger hit. Bergamo. Their city was like eviscerated by, by coronavirus, yeah. you know. So that's an option for city, I think. So part of. Uh, yeah. See, I still, I still have faith in in Jesus and to to share the load. I know he hasn't been, you know, scoring the goals, but he can. He has it in him, and Aguero is still there. So I don't think for this season, it is definitely something that needs to be looked at and maybe addressed in the summer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sure. I City was a bit of a weird one, but I I have left back, left back or right back, yeah. but uh, I'll focus on yeah. left back. You know, Mendy and Walker are just riddled with errors and mistakes and inconsistency. Uh, there are players there and they are effective in the team, but they do they they are responsible for drop points for them and and on consistent a consistent enough basis. Um, and then you know you have Cancelo who can play both, but that's just the one, right? So for yes. me, uh, my left backs are Fetu Mawasa um, at Rennes. Uh, I scouted him back in, uh, in I don't know the summertime, I believe. Small, compact, but very strong. Excellent going forward. Whips in a great cross, um, and and has a fucking cannon of a shot. But he's also, you know, I think the the main thing here is just having that mentality and that and that focus um, defensively yeah. that they that they need. Um, to at least compete with the likes of uh, Mendy, and then have Cancelo just be on the on the right side, uh, competing with Walker. 
because if Kinsella gets hurt, Walker and Mendy really need to be locked in, and you're just not going to get that for a stretch of three matches. Uh, and the other one for yeah. me is uh, Vitali, uh, Vitali Mikolenko, uh, 20, 20 year old, 21 year old left back at Dynamo Kiev. Um, yes, he's at Kiev, and you know he grew up playing left center, uh, left sided center back. So he obviously has a mentality defensively, but he has been shifted over uh, onto the four and can play the three five two. He's very good going forward as well. He'll fit in. Uh, like a glove um, with that with that side. I think this is the pick that they nice. need to make from the two. Um, he's excellent at overlapping runs. Uh, he'll link up very well with Sterling, and and then coming back, um, he's sound. So I mean, that's it for me right there. Um, yeah. Is left back I, position. I yeah. Um, and now, guys, let's close out with Liverpool. I'll kick it off, and then you can have your say. But your boys. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be center back, you know, just just a crisis back there. But I mean, the, yeah. you, you, I mean, you guys have been excellent since since he's been hurt. Yeah. Um, I mean, you lost seven two with him, and you've been holding it down without him. Yeah. <laughs> but they're just, you know, Gomez is out too, and there's just a uh, a bit of a lack of lack of pace back there right now. Um, and 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 an experience, uh, you know, Fabinho is just so sound. I I, I love him as a player. Yeah. He's you know. That's yeah. what football is about—is adjusting and 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 growing as a player throughout your career, uh, and you know, left right back to CDM to center back and one of the best center backs in, in the league right now. Uh, but you need some pace, and you need to make and 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 the injuries are there. I mean, he's been hurt. Matip's been hurt. Reese Williams yeah. is so green. So uh, for me, it's the two big center backs from the Bundesliga, and it's Upa Meccano. Um, I, he would have yeah. been on for me. He would have been on United's list for me if United didn't lose to Leipzig in the Champions League. So, yeah, yeah. so, so the draw is still there for Liverpool. Yeah. Um, and you know he's got the release clause coming up in the, like forty million or something like that in the summer. So you know maybe pay a little bit more and just and have one for the future anyway. Yeah. And can and, yeah. and can see out the title. And then uh, the other one is at David Alba, um, who yeah. is who's going to cover for you at left back. He can play in yeah. the CDM role. Um, yeah. But he's been holding it down at center back for the last year there, and he provides incredible pace. His injury record's actually been better in the last year or so, so I think he's kind of getting over that. Yeah. He did that was kind of an issue for him, but it doesn't really seem to be that way anymore. And uh, instead of just waiting for the summer, you know, if it, if it's good, I, I don't know what Byron would. Byron might be staunch about it and be like, you know what, no, we're going to see it this year, and we'll we'll try for the treble yet again with Alaba and we'll use him and we'll let him walk for free. I can see that yeah. not being an issue for them, but, uh, yeah, but maybe stump up 30 million for someone that's going to leave in, yeah. in, in half a year. And he's yeah, going to, and he's going to him and Van Dyke. Come on. I know. <laughs> well, I, f- I fully agree with you there. Max center back's a must for Liverpool. And the one and frankly only option that we should be going for is David Alaba. Mm. He's a sort of guy. He's, he's, He's world class. As you say, he covered left back. Um, but him and Van Dijk um, would be unbelievable together. For me, in the summer, I wanted Liverpool to buy a high class centre back. I've never been fully sold on Gomez. Massive's injury prone. And then Van, we had Van Dijk, and that mm-hmm. was it. And yep. Van Dijk got injured. You know, massive injury prone. Fabinho been injured. You know, it's, it's, we should have bought a centre back in the summer anyway. We didn't. We're paying the price for it. It's not. It's not hurt us too much yet. But um, 
David Alaba, just pay whatever, you know, if they want 20, if they want 30 million, just pay the money, you know, he's world class and ensure you get him, you know, we don't want to lose out to some someone else, that, you know, because every top team in the world should be bidding on him because he's the perfect player, he's 28 years old, mm-hmm. but going out, going on a free, you know, he's he's a phenomenal footballer and Liverpool should really capitalise on their standing in Come the world on, at the moment. He so fills in in three positions. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, he, if you look at the Austrian team, which doesn't have the talent, he'll play in the number 10 role. Yes, <laughs> you know? I know, I know quite, yeah, he's just a phenomenal all-round footballer, yeah. and he's perfect for Liverpool. Uh, the other option I've got is more defensive, um, but uh, Inter are willing to let him go. I think it's Milan Skriniar. Sure. Um, for some reason, Conte doesn't buy with him too much. Um, and well, he he doesn't work team. in that system. He doesn't work in the th- in the three yeah. center back system. You know, yeah. um, he's he's good he's good in the four uh, four defensive role uh, or or four uh, four defenders and and having someone with a little pace beside him as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think Skriniar would be a good and you know uh, more defensive option if we can't get Alaba, but Alaba's got to be the one for Liverpool. I'd be very disappointed if we don't sign him, at least in the summer, if not now. But we really should go for him now. Yeah, the thing is, with if if he is way to the summer, I think what, what tilts it in United's favor is them paying big wages. Yeah, quite. Right? Uh, and that's the problem with Bayern, is that I don't know what he's looking for, but United will pay him 300 a week. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm hoping, I, I, I'm hoping Liverpool will pay him 300 a week, you know, because... That's, you know, we've got the money, and we don't pay anyone that much. Well, know, but that's just it. But, the, but like, then, but then, what does that start at Liverpool, right? Like that completely like changes the wage yeah. structure. Um, does it unsettle the dressing room, or or if you're going to do that, then you have to be willing to give at least five players at Liverpool big pay raises. Yeah, happy to do it. To <laughs> yeah, do it's it. not your money. Like I, I couldn't agree more. It's just will they do it? Uh, okay, guys, uh, thanks for listening. I hope you had a little, uh, you enjoyed the little transfer window speculation and enjoy the massive, wild, compact transfer fixture list. Like, or sorry, uh, yeah. Christmas fixture list. Like, it's it's yeah, it's going to be crazy. Games, so, games every day. Yeah, if you got nothing to the do, whole, the whole period. get your popcorn ready. Good night, y'all. Yeah. Cheers, guys.